the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. at love. Our text is 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 1 to 5. He says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self. People, they just love themselves. Love themselves. Obligate me to love him in return. I love God because he first loved me. Okay, so that's it. We love God because he first loved us. And 1 John chapter 4 verse 11 also says the same thing. He says, beloved, if God so loved us, and you are just trying to help us to appreciate the magnitude of God's love for us. He said, if God so loved us, if God so loved us, I can't describe how he loved us. I know that he so loved us. But if God so loved us, then we ought to love one another. Okay? If God so loved us. That word is very important. If God so loved us, how did God love us? John saw it as too huge or so indescribable that he said, if God so loved us. But we also see that in scripture, the references to how God loves us. God loved us. With a personal love, God loved us with a universal love. God loved us with a sacrificial love. God loved us with a selfless love. We looked at all of that. And then in John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35. John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35. Understanding God's love for us is key. If you are going to walk in love proper, and when we talk about love, we are not talking about the world kind of love. Are you here with me? Yeah, there are two major kinds of love. There's a way the word understands love. And there's a way a believer understands love. And that's the exact context I'm teaching. He says, by this, somebody say by this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What kind of love are you to demonstrate to one another so that people will know that you are my disciples? Verse 34 tells us. He said, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you, so you ought to love one another. John liked to use the word so in most of his references in his description of love. John 3 is for God so loved the world. When you go to John 4, 11, if God so loved us, so he said, what manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us. He was so overwhelmed with God's kind of love. So describing it, he was always short of words in describing God's love for us. The Bible said, by this, somebody say, by this. By this. Everyone, will know Everyone will know that I'm a disciple, I'm a disciple. Because, I have love. because I have love. One for another. One for another. Say, one for another. Okay, so one of the things that shows that you are a Christian is your love life. Somebody say, my love life. Unfortunately, when it comes to our love life, a number of us, even Christians, are unable to love like God expects us to love. It's not that we are unable. We refuse to love like God expects us to love. Because the capacity to love like God is within us. Jesus will not tell us. At this time, he had not gone to the cross. But he knew that after he was done with the cross, the capacity to love like he loved would have been imparted to his people. So he said, a new commandment I'm giving you. Now that I'm giving you the commandment, it's a challenge. But the commandment is such that you have to love one another as I have loved you. And it was difficult because at the time he was telling them the kind of love they had one for another was 
just as they love themselves. So they love one another. That is the love under the law. Loving one another as you love yourself. Loving your neighbor as yourself. That was the kind of love they were used to. That was the kind of love they were familiar with. And Jesus says, that is not the kind of love I'm talking about. I'm talking about the same way you have seen me love you. The same way, Peter, you have messed up many times. But I never condemned you. I gave you chance again and again. The same way you all betrayed me. And I still reached out to you. The same way I have loved you. I want you to know that you have to be loving one another like that. Amen? That's what Jesus said. But they didn't have the capacity. At what time were they going to get the capacity? When the Holy Ghost came. Everything Jesus told them became easier to do after the Holy Ghost came. That's why when you get born again, the Spirit plays in your life and continuous infilling of the Spirit of God in your life is vital to live the Christian life. The Christian life was not designed to live by willpower. It wasn't designed to live by intellectual power. It was designed to be lived by the supernatural power of God. Are you here with me? That's what it takes. The Bible says, for his commandment are not what? Grievous. He said, this is a commandment that we have, that we love one another. He said, but his commandment are not grievous. So when you read an instruction from scripture, or you study God's word, and you find it very difficult to do, you have to go back to him for strength. Are you here with me? Yeah, because the commandment are not grievous. It's not difficult to love your enemies. It is not. That's what the Bible says. It is not. When it says love your enemies, pray for your enemies, and do good to those who despitefully use you. I remember I had a preacher saying that when God says pray for your enemies, he didn't tell us the kind of prayer we should pray for our enemies. So you can pray any kind of prayer. When people don't want to follow the word of God, they just read all kinds of foolish interpretations in scripture. Praise the Lord. The context is very clear. He said, love your enemies. Pray for them. Do good. How can you pray an evil prayer on someone you are supposed to do good for? Die by fire. I killed you and your ancestry. How do you read that into it? And at the end of the day, what kind of person does it make you out to? You come out as an evil person. Are you here with me? We are talking about love. Somebody say love. love. Yeah. You see, until we understand love from God's perspective, we will never get the best out of love. Most of the time, when people are good, it's easy for us to love them. But love is actually manifested when people are not doing well. Amen. Amen. <laughs> The test of love, the test of genuine love, the test of Christian love, it is seen in times of offense. That's where your love is tested. When you are offended, that's when we know whether you are, you are really working in love or not. When everything he goes, uh, Valentine's Day, he buys you a flower. When he forgets your birthday and he comes home and it's like he doesn't even think about you, whatever. At that time, that is where we are expecting you to manifest godly love. And I'm telling you, if you begin to manifest and walk in that kind of love, relationships will work. I'm not communicating here. You see, our love and our relationship is simply not different from the way unbelievers go. We love those who love us back. And he was saying, it, if you love those who love you back, what have you done? You've not done anything. You are not different. Unbelievers are on the same platform with you. In fact, some of them are better than you because what they did for you and you repay them, some of them repay better. That's why I took time to walk you through God's kind of love. Now, today we are going to focus on that. I want you to appreciate that. There are two qualities about divine love. Somebody say two qualities about divine love. One is that God's love or divine love is a model. Somebody say it's a model. It's a model. A model is something you pattern your life after. A model is something that you, you seek to be like. That's a model. Or you build after. That's a model. It's a pattern. God's love is a pattern. God's love for me. Let's say it. God's love for me. Is a model. Of my love. For him. And for others. Yeah. That's what God's love for you is. 
God's love for you is a model. It's a pattern for you. So, I mean, look at the pattern in this sense. Jesus said, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loves the church. That's a model. If you want to know how a husband must love his wife, he says, look at how Christ loves the church. How does Christ love the church? The Bible says, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it, that he might cleanse, that he might wash it by the cleansing of water by the way. So he says, that is how it ought to be done. And it's the same way. That's a model. A model of a husband's love for the wife is just as Christ loves the church. A model of a Christian's love for one another is as Christ loves us. That's why we went through all those characteristics. You have to sit down and ask yourself, the way I love people, all those characteristics that we went through last week, are they things that are associated with my love for God? Are they things that are associated with my love for one another? Am I only good to those who are good to me? Can I love people selflessly? Can I love people sacrificially? Can I go all out? Am I ready to lay down my life for others? Or I'm just doing it when it's convenient? That's the kind of love we are talking about. So God's love, number one, is a model. That's what he talked about here. In 1 John 4, verse 19, he said, We love God because he first loved us. He loved us to show us how we ought to love him. That's it. He, we love God because he first loved us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 to 11, he said, In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might through him, we might live through him. Now, verse 10, he says, In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, and sent his son as to be a propitiation for our sins. Now verse 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, do you see that? If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. So he tells you how God loved us, and he says, the same way if God so loved us, we ought to love one another also. He sent his son as a sacrifice. His love made him release his son to the cross to die a shameful death for us. If God so loved us, we must be ready to do the same for others. I pray that our hearts will be flooded with the love of God. So God's love is number one. And God's love is measurable. God's love is a measure. God's love can be measured. Our love for God is measured by our love for others. God's love is not just a model, but God's love can also be measured. And it's measured by our love for others. Somebody say, our love for others. We look forward to joining the host of angels and staying ever happily in the clouds with them. But living with the people that we are supposed to be spending eternity with here is trouble. Now, if we cannot live harmoniously with the people we are hoping to spend glory, glory with. How are we going to go there? Look at this. First John chapter 4, verse 20 to 21. He says, if someone says, because it's always easy, you know, the same part of love is very, very easy. I love you. I'll be there for you. I'll die for you. I love the church. I love you, pastor. I love you. I mean, it's there. It's easy. If a man says, if someone says, I love God, because this is a very, very common saying, I love God, <laughs> and hates his brother, he says, he's a liar. Don't believe him. Comes to tell you, listen, I love God, but he can't get along with a brother. He can't forgive a brother. He can't let go of offense. He's angry. He's looking for a way to hit back at a brother. He says, don't believe him. He's a liar. You don't need to see, you don't, that is evidence enough. It's a hardcore evidence that the man is lying. Don't believe him. A man says, I love God. A woman says, I love God. But he hates his brother. That is fair enough. Forgone conclusion. No matter whatever he says again, don't believe him. Run away from him. You have met a liar. He says, for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen. <laughs> he who does not love his brother whom he has seen. You know what the Bible is saying? The Bible is saying that it's easy to love your brother whom you have seen than God whom you have not seen. 
It's easier to love your brother whom you have seen than God whom you have not seen. If you can't love your wife, you live in the same room with. Stop pretending you love the people in the church. Am I complicating here? A sister in the choir, you can't get along with her. You are always suspicious of her. Check your life. He says, you are a liar. Then he says, how can he love God whom he has not seen? You've never seen him. Never seen him. <laughs> now verse 21, he said, and this is the commandment we have from him. That he who loves God loves his brother also. He who loves God loves his what? He who loves God loves his what? Uh-huh. So if you are finding it very difficult relating and loving the brothers, you should go on your knees and say, Holy Ghost, I need help. Your love is lacking in my life. Because that's what it means. Because if you genuinely love God, and it actually means that you need help with your love for God. Because if your love for God was intact, it should be easier to love your brother. Are you here with me? Yeah, so at that moment, don't try to convince yourself that, oh, me, I love God. It just, uh, Dr. Ampofo, that his ways are some way, you know. So it's very difficult for me to get along. Listen, it's not his ways. Your ways are inappropriate. It's not his ways. Praise the Lord. When we learn to walk in love, life is exciting. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Life is exciting. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. The Amplified Classics. Uh, Therefore, be imitators of God. Somebody say, copy him. And follow his example. Do you know that the Christian life is all about copying? That's all. It's about copying, 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 copying. The only place you can copy and you will not, be, you will not fail in an examination is a Christian life. You copy easily. Copy, 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 copy. He said, copy him. Follow his examples. As where beloved children of God imitate their father. Now verse 2, he says how? He says, and walk in love. You cannot say you are copying God and you are walking in something else. Walking in hatred, walking in enmity, walking in unforgiveness, walking in bitterness is not possible. Don't you know it's, it's not possible? Yeah, it's not possible. You see, there are certain attitudes, eh? When your child picks them, you know that the child didn't pick them from you. If your children are singing, it's most likely that you've been playing it around you. Are you here with me? Yeah, it's very, very likely that you are playing it around them. Or they play it in the school they attend. They copied it from somewhere. There is a certain behavior once you manifest, we can tell that this one is coming from somewhere. And it's certainly not coming from God. The Bible says, if we check the behavior and the behavior is not one that reflects the love of God, that behavior is not of God. Be imitators of God and walk in love. Anybody that is genuinely learning after God walks in love. In fact, one scriptural virtue that shows that you are increasingly becoming more like Christ is your love life. The deeper you go with God, the more spiritual you become, the more loving you become. If you meet a very spiritual person, they are very loving, they are very accommodative, they are very compassionate, they are very patient, they are kind. All of that you see in them. Love is kind, love is not rude, love is patient, love is believing, love is hopeful. All of those things begin to manifest your life when you are growing. In fact, look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. Paul was praying for them and you know, he said, And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge. Somebody say knowledge. Yeah. Your love abounds with knowledge. Most of Pauline's prayers have to do with knowledge. The more you increase in knowledge, your love abounds. Abound. Your love abounds more and more. The word more and more in the Greek has to do with a strong comparative. Like big, bigger, biggest. That level is growing. Your love is abounding. Last year, your love was big. This year, your love must become bigger. You are always going up. If there is one thing that you are excelling in, give me the Amplify, please. The Amplify gives you an extended version of it. Are you increasing? Are you excelling in love? He said, I pray this, that your love will yet abound more and more and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and in all key insight that you may 
Your love may display itself in greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment. Now, we just started a walk through Philippians, so we will get to it. We'll pick up this test again. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Your love may abound more and more. Somebody say more and more. more, and more. Say more and more. more and more. Say my love is abounding. More and more. My love is abounding. More and more. In knowledge. And in discernment. Yeah. Your love abounds. Your love abounds. Paul was talking about when I was a child, he was talking in the context of love. But when he finished, he said, when I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Then he said, now abided hope, faith, and love. And the greatest of these is love. What do we gain when we walk in love? Number one is that walking in love authenticates true knowledge of God. Somebody say true knowledge of God. Say true knowledge of God. Now, if there is true knowledge of God, there can be false knowledge of God. There are people, they pretend they know God, but in their West, they deny him. When you meet a person who genuinely loves, he knows God. When you meet a person who genuinely loves, he knows what? God. Yeah, that's what you are told. First John chapter 4, verse 7. He said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone, now see it. You see, by the time you read the letters of John, 1st John, 2nd John, 3rd John, there is no way you'll be in doubt about how the love of God looks like. He said, for everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. So, when you are not working in love, we can actually context your salvation. If you meet a Christian who is very, very hard at heart, never willing to let go of anything, can't forgive, can't let go, and tit for tat all the time. That is not a mark of somebody who is born again. Are you here with me? Yeah. Yeah. The moment you get born again, there's a certain tenderness the Holy Spirit brings into your life. What's them barrying in a free home? Yeah. And as you grow and grow in the knowledge of God, the more softer and tender you become. You have been a Christian for three years and you are still struggling to forgive. A Christian for two years, people must still kneel down before you say, I have forgiven you. They must always call for a meeting and settle it and to allow you to disgrace people before you let go. What kind of life is that? He says, everyone that loved is born of God and knows God. Knows God. Knows God. Give me that text, please. Knows God. Everyone that loveth is born of God and knows God. So, how do I know you know God? Your love life. How do I know you are born of God? Your love life. Your love life. Your love life. Your love life. This is so important. It's so important. Whether you are going to live a healthy life or not, all of it, a lot of people are carrying strange sicknesses and disease they ought not to carry. Sicknesses they prayed over long, long ago and they are not getting a, a breakthrough simply because there's bitterness somewhere in their heart. He that loveth not does not know God, verse 8. For God is love. He that loveth not does not know God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. That's all. So if you want to claim that you know God, you demonstrate your knowledge of him by your actions. Look at Titus 1.16. He said, they claim to know God. They claim to. They claim to. Ask your neighbor, are you one of those who claim to know God? Yeah. He said, they claim to know God, but in their actions, in their love life, in their unforgiveness, in their bitterness, in their jealousy, in their envy, they deny him. The degree to which they manifest jealousy and envy. It's obvious they don't know God. They deny him by their acts. They claim they know God. They, are, they deny him. He said they are detestable. Such people are detestable. They are disobedient and unfit for doing anything good. May that not be your description. Amen. What did Matthew chapter 7 verse 20 says? He said by their fruit you shall what? Yeah, it's not by their talk. By their fruit. And the fruit we are looking for is the fruit of love. May everybody see that you are a loving person. May everybody see that you are a true child of God.
Can somebody shout a better amen? amen. Matthew 7, 20, the New Living Translation. He says, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Those who are born again and those who are not born again by their actions. Started a relationship with a brother and then along the line, it didn't work. Now you are everywhere spoiling the brother's name. Because you are bitter. That's all. You are bitter. You can't forgive. You can't. Am I communicating here? You see, let me tell you, if you really want to know whether you are working in love, eh, it is not when people are nice to you. It's when people are very, very negative with you that we will see whether you are loving. When people do things that hurt you. When your wife does something that hurts you. When your husband does something that hurts you. When a friend does something that hurts you. How you react in those moments. That's when we know you have love. That's when we know you are a new nature. Because you see, by our default Adamic setting, there's a natural response we all give to hurt and pain. Every Adamic, the Adamic nature is overprotective. Adamic nature is revengeful. Adamic nature. So if you are a Christian and you are revengeful, it means that you are not changing. You are not changing. And listen, you will never change and become the kind of person you ought to be as a Christian only through prayer. It's never true. Never, never true. That's why when you go to prayer meetings, most of the time, the people who pray there, they have most of the worst characters you can imagine. The attitudes. Because your mindset needs to be transformed before your life can be transformed. Am I communicating here? And your mind cannot be transformed through prayer. Your mind is transformed through the revelation of God's word. Are you here with me? That's very, very important. Walking in love does not just reveal that you know God for real. I'm talking about just practicalizing God's love for you. Last week when we looked at God's love for us, were we not excited? Is it not great? The Bible says, God's goodness leads people into repentance. He's good to those who are evil and those who are good. That's how God is. Number two, Walking in love marks you out as a true follower of Christ. Somebody say, I'm a true follower. Say, I'm a true follower. Yeah, that's what we see there. I'm a true follower. He said, be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love. True followers walk in love. Somebody say, true followers walk in love. True followers, they walk in love. True follower of God walks in love. Jesus said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples because you'll be manifesting love one for another. Walking in love keeps you holy. Walking in love keeps you holy. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1 15 to 16, he said, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Walking in love keeps you holy. When you think about the great love God has showed to you, the sacrifice Jesus paid on the cross to set you free and to make you holy, there is no way the natural response will be like, I want to sin all that I can sin. Am I communicating here? When you love God back with the kind of love he loved you, he loved you while you were in sin. Why would you want to continue in sin? He loved you. He demonstrated love that brought you out of sin. So when you read Philippians, what we read earlier, Philippians 1, 9 to 11, he says, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may, I, I, I like this, that you may approve. That word approve has to do with the mind. Be able to ascertain that you may approve things that are what? Excellent. When your love abounds, you are able to approve things that are excellent. This one is not excellent. Harboring bitterness is not excellent. Speaking ill of people is not excellent. Am I communicating to somebody at all? That's it. It's not excellent. When you are bound in love, you approve things that are excellent. Excellent. You know, the reason why people do certain things is because they see it as okay. Are you here with me? Yeah, but when you see, you are able to prove what is excellent, not just what is good. There are things that are good, but they are not excellent. You may be sincere. And without offense. Somebody say offense. 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 
till the day of Christ. Now, when he talks about that, till the day of Christ, he's not talking about the condemning seats, but he's talking about the day when we all appear before the Lord Jesus and we shall be judged according to whatever we have done. Am I communicating here? The bema seat where we will go and our works shall be judged. He said, being filled, oh, I like it, being filled with what? With the fruit of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Fruit of righteousness by Jesus Christ, to the praise and glory of God. Are you here with me? Look at Romans chapter 13, verse 8 to 10. Oh, no man anything except to love one another, for he who loves has fulfilled the law. Verse 9, he said, for the commandment, look at this. What was the commandment? You shall not kill. What was it supposed to do? It was supposed to make the people holy. All the commandments were given so that the people would be holy, but they couldn't observe it to be holy because they didn't have the capacity to do it. He said, for the commandment, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. If there is any other, all are some in this saying. Namely, you shall love your neighbor as thyself. Look at verse 10. He said, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. When you love me, you don't want to harm me. I hear with me. Yeah. So you can't seriously sit somewhere and talk about somebody and denigrate the person, gossip about the person. And when you finish, you still get up and say you love the person. It doesn't work like that. Jesus said, it was told in the times of old, you shall not murder. You remember? Huh? Is that not what he said? He said, in the times of old, you were told not to murder. But now, I tell you, when you, when you what? When you, <laughs> you are not sure. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> when you what? <laughs> That's not a contest. <laughs> Yeah, take me to Matthew chapter 5. When you hate. <laughs> I cannot do not He said, when you hate someone, so murder, where you take a cutlass to kill somebody, where you take a gun to shoot somebody. Now, when you sit in your room and you have harbored hatred in your heart for someone, you've not seen him more. But you are just wishing that he will just die. <laughs> you are just wishing that the thing he's doing it will fail. So, but the time you can take someone to a prayer center, that's not matter. I don't know what you, Jesus will say about it. He said, when you hate someone, <laughs> it's a very serious thing. May the Lord help us. I said, may the Lord help us. Number four, walking in love brings you into intimacy and greater manifestations of God. You want to experience more of God? You want to see more of his power, more of his glory? Walk in love. Some tend to remember say walk in love. love. Yeah. If you want to be intimate with God, love is his nature. Walk in love. Walk in love. Look at this. But if one loves God truly, can you see that? If one loves God, what? With affectionate reverence. Now, so he's given us some detailed explanation of what it means to love God. When you love God, you have affectionate reverence. Somebody say affectionate reverence. Say affectionate reverence. Yeah. Where you fear him, not because of that he will do something to you, but because you respect him. Affectionate reverence. I like that word. Prompt obedience. Can you see that? That he says, if a man loves God truly, and if a person loves God truly, these are the things you see. You see affectionate reverence. You see prompt obedience. You see grateful recognition of his blessing. He said, he is known by, can you see? There is a person, the Bible says, God knows. One who truly loves him. He is known and recognized as worthy of his intimacies and love. And he is owned by him. May that be your testimony. Amen. I said, may that be your testimony. May that be your testimony. Look at John chapter 14 verse 23. He said, and Jesus answered and said unto them, If anyone loves me, he will keep my... Talk to me. He will keep my... He will keep my... 
And my father will do what? Love him. And we will come to him and make our home. Is it not a good thing? Where you love him? 14.21, he says, He who has my commandment and keeps them. <laughs> he who has my commandment and... Uh-huh. It is he who what? It is he who what? Now, I was saying it earlier. You can read the letters of John and not see who a genuine lover of God is. He said, one, if you meet someone who says he loves God, check whether he loves his brother. Then here he says, if you meet someone who hears the word of God, like the way you are hearing now, Sunday and Sunday, Wednesday and Wednesday, he has the word. He has it on podcast. He has it everywhere. <laughs> he has it. He said, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. <laughs> Forget about whatever anybody else is saying. I'm telling you that that is the kind of person who loves me. And he who loves me like that, by having my commandment and keeping them, he says, will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself unto him. I hear what I mean. Yeah. I will love him. There's a certain manifestation of God you won't see until you respond to his love. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a certain manifestation. You will never see it. Like for instance, the manifestation of God's ability to save you. You have to respond to his love in Christ. He sent Jesus to come and die. That whosoever believeth, and if you will not believe him, how will he manifest his love towards you? You will see it. A certain manifestation of God you will never experience it until you respond to his love the way you ought to. Walking in love makes your faith effectual and effective. Somebody say, my faith. faith. It's a winning faith. faith. My faith. It's an effectual faith. Say it aloud. My faith. It's a winning faith. My faith. It's an effectual faith. If you want your faith to be effectual and effective, walk in love. Walk in. Walk in love. The Bible says, Galatians 5 says, In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision avails anything. But faith, which works by what? Oh, faith working through. Faith working through. Faith working through. Now look at Mark 11 and see how this practically works. Mark 11 verse 22. Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For surely I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this man to be that removed, be that cast into the sea, shall not die inside. But believe that those things which he said will come to pass. You have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever you ask when you pray, believe that you receive and you will have them. Faith in operation. Faith will bring a man into prayer. Then he says, when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, I hear with me. If you have anything against anyone, he said, forgive him. Forgive. If you want your faith to work, your prayer to gain proper attention, forgive. Let go. Don't carry some people in their heart and then attach God to it. It will not work. Forgive. Let go. I hear with me. Forgive. Walking in love, number six, establishes your dominion over Satan and his cohorts. Somebody say, when I walk in love, my dominion is established over Satan. Say, I have authority over Satan and his host of angels. Say, I have dominion over the works of a devil. Yeah, that's what Jesus said. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and what? Scorpions. I give you authority. Your power, your dominion. But to exercise that dominion. You remember what Jesus said? He said, the prince of this world cometh. And he has what? He has what? Nothing in me. He has what? No. The prince of this world cometh. He has nothing in me. When he comes to you and he has nothing in you, he can't do anything against you. Are you here with me? Yeah. When the prince of this world is coming to you and he has nothing with you or in you, he cannot. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. He says, neither give place to the devil. Neither what? Neither give what? Neither give place to the devil. After he said it, he began to list a number of ways that we give place to the devil. 
In your marriage, don't give place to the devil. In the choir, don't give place to the devil. In the answering unit, don't give place to the devil. In our church, let's not give place to the devil. He said, neither give place to the devil. So if you're a thief, you are giving place to the devil. So let him that stole steal no more. Let him find something to do. Let him labor with his hands. The thing that is good, that he may have to give to him that needed. Now go to verse 29. Look at this. He said, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good. Now go to verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit whereby he has seen. 31. Let's read. Let all. Let all. No, let some. Let a few of them. The ones that are not very painful. Let all bitterness. Let all bitterness. All bitterness. Ask your neighbor. Is there some bitterness somewhere? He says, let all what? Bitterness. All bitterness. Let all bitterness. All. Say all. all. And my father, and my father, and my father, and my father. You see, <laughs> let all bitterness. Pastor, you don't know what he did against me. Can I tell you something? You also didn't know what you did against Christ. Yeah. If you have to talk about what somebody has done, what you did against Christ, what you have to do about that man, because you don't know what he did against me. Christ went to be an answer. He knew no sin, yet he became sin for us. That's what we did against Christ. He said, let all bitterness and wrath and what? Anger and glamour and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Verse 32, he says, ah, yeah, yeah. And be ye kind one to another. Is it not a manifestation of love? That's love at work. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. You see, forgiveness, eh, the standard is very, very high in the New Testament. Forgive one another, just as Christ, God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. Same way. One, love one another just as I what? Love you. Forgive one another just as I have forgiven you. That's it. Why are you bringing the matter the brother asks for forgiveness to him again and again? But when it comes to you, you quote, all my sins are forgiven. You remember my sins no more. But you are constantly reminding someone of his sins. Uh, Pastor, you don't know that he won't change. Love believes the best of people. Love believes that people can change. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, love believes. Love thinks the best of people. Look at what James says. James 3.16. He said, for where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing is there. If you want Satan to deny him a place in your life, don't allow envy, don't allow confusion. Because he's the author of confusion. There's a certain atmosphere Satan thrives in. Where there's strife. Where there's strife. Every day, husband and wife, they are, there's something that is going on. Every day. Pastor and associate. Every day. Quiet and this. Every day, there's, where there's strife. Very good habitat. It's a good culture. When you grow them on it, they will come up. Microorganisms will grow on it very well. Blood culture. <laughs> Walking in love makes your stewardship acceptable to God and profitable to you. Somebody say, My stewardship acceptable to God. Say, Walking in love. Say it, When I walk in love, my stewardship is acceptable to God. And my stewardship is profitable to me. Yeah. You remember what Paul said? He said, I keep my body and I bring it under what? Subjection. Lest when I preach unto others, I myself should not be what? I myself should not be what? I myself should not be, because that word is not appropriate. The proper, this is, I myself should not be disqualified. Not cast away. Cast away for where? Yeah. He said, I myself will be disqualified. You'll be disqualified. You will not be disqualified. I said you will not be disqualified. Now imagine all the labor apostle Paul put in advancing God's work. 
and he's disqualified. Imagine all the sacrifices we are doing. At the end of the day, he says it's useless. What makes our work, our sacrifices, our love, our service acceptable to God and profitable to us is the love attached to it. Somebody say the love. Yeah. Love. When you walk in love, your stewardship is acceptable. You are in the choir. You can sing us to heaven and back. If you are not doing it in love, forget it. Are you here with me? Yeah, First Corinthians 13. He said, if I bestow my goods to be burned and I give my body to be and I have no love, it is profitable for nothing. It profits me nothing. It profits me what? Yeah. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. He said, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love. That's it. What makes it different? Is it done in love? Do you know, listen, when the judgment awaiting the believer is a judgment of works. And the thing that would distill out our work, whether your work will be gold, silver, or hay, it is the motive, the motivation. And if the motivation is not love, it will be condemned. Praise the Lord. It will be condemned. We are told in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 12 to 15, he said, now if any man builds on this foundation with gold, what are you building on the foundation? Are you building with gold? Are you building with enmity? Are you building with strife? He said, if any man builds with gold, silver, precious stone, hay, and straw, all of that, what makes your work gold? What makes your work silver? What makes your work straw? All of it is the love content of it. You can give an offering and it's a straw offering. You can make a sacrifice, it's a hay sacrifice. And you can make a sacrifice and it's a golden sacrifice. He says, each one's work. Somebody say, each one's work. Yeah. When you sat down and you went to a restaurant, you ate with a friend, and then when you finished, you used Minister Humphrey as a, a water on top, and you finished him. That day, on the day of judgment, that work will be brought before you. Am I communicating here? No, no, no. The Bible says, your work, it shall be clear. It shall be, become very clear. The day will declare it. He says, because everyone's work will be revealed by fire. Can you imagine what will happen to hay when it's thrown into fire? Straw into fire. Hay in fire, straw in fire. Whether it's a matan or it's uh, whatever. When you put straw in fire, any day, any time, it will burn without anything. Residue left. May your work be enduring. That's why this love thing, this is the principal thing that sets us apart. This is a thing. Christianity is Christianity because of love. And Christianity is distinguished from all of this. In fact, in the early church, if you read a bit of an account of church history, one of the things that they used to say about them among the Roman era is that see how these people love one another. See how these people love one another. It was obvious. Their love was obvious. What Jesus said was practical in their lives. You have to think well of people and speak well of people and mean well for people. That's love. Somebody say, I walk in love. Say, I walk in love. Say, I walk in love. Verse 14 and 15. He said, if any man's work which he has built endures, he will receive a reward. This is the Bima seat. This is not go to hell. There is no go to hell for the believer. The believer has gone to hell already. But your work will be passed through fire. How you tormented your husband, it will pass through fire. Yeah, it will pass through fire. All the things you said to him that were not true, the suspicions you said, every time you are making him think, you are judging him of things that he knows nothing about. All the time, so suspicious because your mind is evil. Your mind is always thinking that somebody has gone to do bad. Why can't you think good? Why can't you think good for a moment? When you suspect people, what you suspect them, most of the time you push them to do it. When there's too much suspicion. The Bible says he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as through fire. May the Lord help us. Amen. Number eight. Say I'm walking in love. Walking in love builds and strengthens relationships. If relationship is going to be strong, it's love. Somebody say love. love. And it's not this Valentino love. 
is the God kind of love. The one that is kind to the one that is not kind. Yeah. That is the kind of love that sustains relationship. The reason why a lot of Christian marriages are not working is because we love just like the way unbelievers love. And that is not the kind of love we are supposed to have here. The Bible says, concerning the question, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, now regarding your question about food that has been offered to idols, yes, we know that we all have no knowledge about this issue, but while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. What strengthens the church? What strengthens the church? It is love that strengthens the church. It is love that strengthens the family. It is love that strengthens relationship. Anywhere, in every relationship where there is genuine love, the relationship will be strong. But anywhere there is no genuine love, the relationship will be weak. It will be growing weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. You cannot be insulting and telling everybody about the weaknesses of your wife every day, every day, every day, and expect that things will be fine. No. It won't happen like that. Are you here with me? You go and check First Corinthians 13. Love is kind. There is no one who will live in an atmosphere where you have love is kind, love is patient, is not jealous, is not boastful, is not proud. If you have somebody living like this, you want to stay with a person for life. Is that not what you want to do? Who wants to stay away from somebody who is kind, who is uh, not proud, who is not boastful, very hopeful? I mean, he's rejoicing. He's not moody. I mean, you want to be around the person. The Bible said that is what love is. It does not bear record. It does not bear record of being wrong. As you are sinning or doing something against me, he's forgiving you. That is love. That's love. Yeah, I like the way you are quiet because, yeah, I'm not talking about Valentine love that you didn't call me, I'm offended. No, 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 no. No, when we talk about God's kind of love, you didn't call me, I call you to find out, oh, how are you doing? Not the one that takes offense because you didn't call me. You have a phone. Why didn't you call? You're a baby. Am I communicating here? Yeah, that's proper love. Not the one that is sitting down all the time expecting to receive something. Does not rejoice about injustice. Rejoices whenever truth wins. That's love. He said love never gives up. Love never what? Gives up. He says it never gives up. Never loses faith. It's always hopeful and you're through every circumstance. Love never fails. That kind of love, it will not fail in a marriage. I'm not communicating here. It will strengthen the relationship. It, it keeps the relationship strong. Look at what the Bible says in uh, Proverbs 17. He said, whoever would foster love covers over an offense. Covers over what? Yeah. If you want love to grow, learn to cover offense. Telling it everywhere. You go and sit here and gossip. You go and sit here and gossip. You create confusion. The Bible says, whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Proverbs 16, 20. It says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. A gossip separates best friends. May you not be a gossip here. Amen. I said, may you not be a gossip here. Amen. I saw your husband. His sister, this one was sitting in front of his car. You don't know where they were going, but you have already concluded. You see, your mind is evil. Proverbs 10, 12. He says, hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. Somebody say all wrongs. All wrongs. I like that Peter 4, 8. He said, above all. I like it. Did you hear all wrongs? Yes. Say all wrongs. all wrongs. Say all wrongs. All wrongs. Love is a coverer. Love is a coverer. It is not seeking to reveal things that would disgrace people. I'm not communicating here. Love covers people. It says, above all. Say, above all. Above all. Uh-huh. Above, all. above your singing. Above your tonguing. Above your praying. Above your dancing. Above all. Love each other deeply. Not shallowly. Not on Valentine 14th. Deeply. Let the love be deep. He says, because love. Did you see it? There's no way Bible talks about love and it's not connected to forgiveness. Letting go. Love covers multitudes of sins. Covers it. Covers it. Covers it. Covers it. Covers it. As I close, love will keep you in health and wholeness. You will live long. 
I said you will live long. It is the will of God for you to live long, but you have a responsibility in it. If you harbor hatred and envy and jealousy in your, you will die a foolish man death. What killed Judas before Jesus Christ? Envy. The woman came to pour the alabaster box. Judas said, look at this man. We are following you. We want the ministry to do well. Look at what you are doing with it. <laughs> oh, the sacrifice. Look at, look, at what you are, look at what you are doing. I know what I will do with you. I will sell you. <laughs> I will sell you and let you know that you are not the only person who can chop money. Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> he sold him. But he died before the one he sold. Yeah. He died before the one he sold. You know, love is a detoxifier. It detoxifies your system of all thousands. <laughs> all thousands. You know, envy is a thousand. It's a poison. Bitterness is a poison. When you walk in love, all of those things, they get away. Yeah. Yeah. Your marriage is not three years old, and you're already very bitter in your heart against your wife. And you're supposed to live with her the rest of your life. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, detoxify. (laughs) Hebrews 12, 15. He said, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root. Somebody say poisonous root. Grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. You shall not be troubled. I said you shall not be troubled. Let me close with this. Walking in love elongates your life. Yeah, it elongates your life. <laughs> you live long. You will live long. Amen. I said you will live long. Say, so with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Let me show you a scripture. If you love life, there is an instruction here that you must listen. If you love life and you want to see good days, look at First Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 12. All of us, anybody, finally, all of you, be like-minded. Finally, finally. Be sympathetic. Are you following? Love one another. Be what? And humble. Now, go to verse 9. Do not... Oh, talk to me. Do not repay evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, because to this you were called, so you... You have been called to inherit a blessing. So, repay evil with what? Blessing. Verse 10. He said, for whoever would love life. How many of you love life? You want to see good days? It starts with your mouth. The things you say with it. Death and life are in the power of a tongue. What are you saying? What are you thinking? Then, verse 11. He says... They must turn from evil and do good. They must. Now, all the things he's talking about there, if you don't have love, you can't do it. Seek peace and pursue it. That means that when somebody is a trouble causer, you go to the person and say, listen, let us drop this matter. I forgive you. Whether you apologize or not, I forgive you. Seek peace and pursue it. Now, verse 12. He says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. May you live long. May you enjoy your life. May you live in health. As your days may so be your health. As your days may so be your peace. In the name of the Lord Jesus. May the gift of the spirit manifest in your life. May you fully serve God with your best. 
in the name of our Lord Jesus. And may you end up receiving the reward that you are entitled to. In the name of our Lord Jesus. You are blessed. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. No, no.